You are listening to the Eating Disorders Recovery Podcast with me, Tabitha Farrar. Hello, welcome to this week's podcast. This week, I had another conversation with Dr. Jennifer Gaudiani, and this week we talked about metabolism, something that I get a lot of questions about, lots of emails about, what's going to happen to my metabolism, what is happening to my metabolism, what will happen to my metabolism as I go through recovery, and what will be the end result. Here's Dr. Gaudiani. Okay, so we're talking about metabolism today. I love this topic. I can't wait to talk about metabolism. Where do you think we should start? I think we should start by talking about what caloric restriction does to the metabolism and then what beginning to eat again does to the metabolism with an aim towards pushing everyone away from restricting calories ever and reminding these beautiful souls that their metabolisms aren't permanently broken. Yeah, yeah, that's actually... That's one of the questions that's already been asked. Can I pray, you know, is it ever going to recover? So what happens? What happens when we start restricting? Well, my favorite metaphor to use for the process of restriction, and restriction, remember, can mean restriction in the service of an eating disorder, restriction that some people call a diet in this world that we live in, restriction which is one of these absurd pseudoscientific things like a juice cleanse. Um, really, restriction is anytime we're eating less than our body needs, regardless of intention. And, and that can mean, wait, I had the healthiest, healthiest of intentions. Uh, I, I just decided to cut soy, sugar, gluten, and dairy for a month to cleanse my body. Uh, so... <laughs> So, so regardless of intention, we're going to say that restriction means not enough caloric intake for what your body needs. And the metaphor that I really like for that is the cave person brain. The cave person brain is the part of our brain that runs us as a mammal. And it's so wise in taking care of us as an animal. It has no idea it's 2017 that there are absurd anti-feminist racist, classist problems out there. It just knows what's happening with our body as a mammal. And so as soon as we begin to restrict, the cave person brain goes, oh, honey, I've got you. I'll take care of you. I'll make sure you're safe through this dreadful famine you're clearly in. Because that's where the cave person brain ended. You know, as we were evolving, our minds figured out how to protect us through famine. That's how the human species survived. And it is brilliant at doing this. And so the first day that we begin to restrict, the cave person brain goes, I'll take care of this. I've gotcha. I'll protect your body weight. And it starts to drop the metabolism. And metabolism means how your body uses energy to live on a daily basis. Metabolism, when we talk about sort of scientifically the basal energy expenditure, means how many calories you need to take in neither to gain nor lose weight, just to keep in homeostasis. And it's not an exact fixed number, of course, because our bodies are far wiser than that. And what it says is, I will begin to slow the metabolism down to exactly what you're eating. 
because I'm here to protect you, dear body. And it does just this. The way that this happens affects virtually every organ in the body. And this is why I love bringing the medical side to this. Because for instance, and everyone's different as to how this will manifest, the body wants to not use so much energy to keep you warm. So it shuts down normal blood flow to your hands and feet and keeps them cold all the time like a spare room you don't want to spend extra energy heating when you're not using it. It makes you chilly so that rather than keeping you radiantly warm at exactly 98.6 degrees or 36 degrees as people want to be kept, it cools you down a little bit and it makes you seek warm sweaters, extra layers, and hot mugs of tea because it doesn't want to have to do all that work itself to keep you at that vital body temperature. It slows down your heart rate so that your body's not wasting an extra beat an extra calorie on a beat of the heart at rest. It slows down your digestion so that you're not processing food, pushing it into your intestine, pooping it out regularly, as we've talked about in a prior podcast. It rolls the sex hormone center of your brain back to pre-adolescence. It says sex drive takes calories and baby making takes calories. And for sure, for females, baby carrying takes calories. So let's take that off the equation. And it stops producing the hormone that causes ovaries and testicles to produce sex hormone and those go away. In fact, in females, the uterus and the ovaries shrink back down to pre-adolescent size. It's amazing. So the body says, I gotcha. I will slow you way down. And so when my patients say, you know, Dr. G, I'm restricting so hard and I'm not losing weight, dot, 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 you know, how dare this not work? I say, oh, doesn't that make so much sense? Because that's literally your cave person brain working. It's lowered your metabolism to exactly what you're eating. I should say that everyone is different with regards to how their brain does this, because there are patients who have been on diet after diet, bless them, and it never did, quote unquote, what they wanted it to do. You all know that I'm a real health at every size practitioner and that weight loss is never, ever in my scope of recommendation as an internist. Um, And then there are patients, you know, who restrict a little bit and they do lose weight. And there's so much comparison, anguish in the eating disorder community, a sense of fairness or unfairness or comparing bodies. The answer is everyone's brain is just different genetically. Yeah, and some people don't even lose their periods. That's exactly right. In fact, the studies show that 25% of patients, even who lose a tremendous amount of weight or get to a very low body weight, continue to menstruate normally. It's an old debunked thing. And of course, the eating disorder is going to grab on to any symptom you don't have and say, see, you're not that sick. You might have five of them, but if you don't have the six, you'd say, well, I'm all right. The answer is, of course, you're sick enough. Even if you don't have any of the physical signs, if you're engaging in the behaviors and you have that anguish in your soul, you are sick enough to seek help. Okay. So, okay, now we've got somebody who's been restricting calories for a long time, whether or not their weight has changed, their metabolism is slow, really slow. 
And somebody's come along and made a convincing argument, be it their therapist or their dietitian, their partner, their sister, their doctor, and they're thinking about maybe nourishing themselves well again. And they say, oh my gosh, but if I've barely been losing weight on this restrictive a meal plan, what is going to happen to me when I start eating? And the answer is as beautifully scientific as can possibly be imagined. Your metabolism speeds up. Your body has no judgment. As soon as you start eating again, your metabolism rises to match what you're eating. And I've seen this again and again, literally without fail, for the nine years I've been in this business, taking care of patients, not only the sickest of the sick in my prior hospital program, as it were, but patients of all body shapes and sizes, that when you begin nourishing your body consistently with unrestricted foods, meeting your energy needs, not often intuitively at the beginning because the intuitions from the eating disorder are wrong, but letting, as I like to say, your dietitian be your dietitian, not your eating disorder be your dietitian. Your metabolism speeds up. And what's more, it can go crazy. It's, yeah, hypermetabolism. And what I see again and again is that patients who were miserably restricting to a certain degree are now eating triple, quadruple, quintuple what they were eating to the point of physical pain and they can't put on weight. And they're like, Dr. G, what is this all about? And I say, look at your magnificent body. Look what it can do. After all that harsh treatment, there it is for you, this brilliant mammal. Good job, body. And I tell my patients, have faith that what I tell you is true because it's going to make no sense to your eating disorder. You'll never think, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm in. When I'm talking to patients, I let them know that no matter how much they've been restricting, we're not going to start at one bite more than they've been restricting. We're going to set their metabolism on fire. We're going to get going. And they say, Dr. G, don't be ridiculous. That, that's, that is insane. You're going to break me. And they say, oh, let's just watch. And I'll say two weeks from now, when you've eaten every single bite your dietitian tells you and you're, you're increasing your calories, I will be able to represent to you that your weight has barely budged. And they'll be like, mm-hmm. And it's always true. Or they might have even lost. Your metabolism doesn't break. And it can stay hypermetabolic for quite a long time. And you can need a painfully large amount of food each day to restore your body in a balanced way. Your body knows exactly how to restore weight, by the way. Just like you didn't need to pump iron from age eight to age nine to get nine-year-old muscles, it is written in our DNA that our body will reassume just the shape and size that it needs to at that stage beautifully. And then your dietitian can help you once you're in a reasonable weight range, if weight restoration was needed, because sometimes it's not, um, can help you maintain and learn how to then do the emotional work around food and become more intuitive. Mm -hmm. So a question that um, I get asked quite often because I work with adults with eating disorders and I see this on the, on the forum quite a lot is, 
Um, well, I'm 47 and I've been restricting since I was 13. Does age have anything to do with this? Yeah, it does in a way that would surprise you because my experience working at acute is that my patients over 35 or 40 need even more calories to restore weight than their younger counterparts. I don't know why. Yeah, I would so anything, they just notice the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can be tough because, you know, it's tough on the brain. Yeah. Sometimes I actually think sometimes because, you know, I was very low body weight for 10 years and, and I sometimes think that it's almost like you can get some form of wrong or not supposed to be, but a, a sort of homeostasis point at a very low body weight. And it takes so many calories to push because the body's been there for so long and survived there for so long. I don't know. I think that's right. One thing I will say is this about metabolism, and this is where I want all of the good people who are tormented into trying yet another diet to pay heed. It is, it is unquestioned that people who diet, that is, undereat calories as we've discussed, probably for some period of time end up with a lower basal metabolic rate that can end up setting them up for a cycle that is different from patients, say, with a persistent eating disorder where, you know, they really drop their metabolic rate and then it really comes roaring back. The people who restrict for a month or so in the service of some new ridiculous diet that doesn't work will drop their metabolism. They might lose a little bit of weight, but, but ultimately not very much. And not being mentally ill, as with someone who has an eating disorder, they will eventually become so ravenous because of the chronic restriction that they'll begin to eat again. But they'll begin to eat foods again that now are likely to work on their lowered metabolism and cause the weight not only to all come back, but to probably go a bit higher. And that's many chronic dieters experience. And that's the irony that dieting behavior tends to lead to yeah it leads to higher body weights and so the answer always is to come back to the Hayes philosophy really across the spectrum which is obviously if if somebody has anorexia nervosa and is medically underweight then it is very important to get back up to a good weight range but otherwise we don't pay attention to the weight we pay attention to the human and their interaction with food and nourishing yourself consistently and adequately, without restriction, engaging in good self-care, moving for joy, these are the things that heal. And these are the things that heal metabolisms, that allow somebody to live a good quality of life within their ability for the rest of their lives. It's everything. We've got to move away. You know, I've, I'll occasionally have a friend say, oh, I've got this event coming up. Maybe I'm going to do a cleanse this week. And I'll say, oh, first of all, there's nothing dirty about you. Second of all, the only thing you're going to do during this cleanse is to lower your metabolism. So probably not. How about you enjoy your life this week? And if you don't like the clothing you have, find something that fits you. So that was a question that came up a lot. But the majority, I think, is just that that anxiety and that scared of how, how can I get my metabolism to go fast again? And that anxiety of, but I'm the unicorn whose metabolism won't speed up when I eat more food. And I thought I was that unicorn as well. So nothing bad happens. Your body takes care of it. It does. Our bodies are so much smarter than we are. 
That's the thing to remember is that popular media for a couple of generations now has tried to convince us that we have some willful power over our bodies that usually has a moral or kind of um, judgmental piece to it that we can outsmart our bodies somehow. And that couldn't be more nonsensical or less scientific. And we don't need to because they look after themselves. We do. Stay out of the body's business. Yeah, great <laughs> quote. Stay out of the body's business. Our bodies are so smart. And so all of these ridiculous websites that promise that if you do this and don't do that, you never eat these five foods and you do eat these, they're all nonsense. And they're all just trying to make a buck. So don't let anybody make a buck off your body. Love it. Anything else you think that we should cover in that one? Well, I think one of the fears that my patients can have is that once they start eating, might they never stop? Might their hunger be bottomless because they've been depriving themselves? It usually feels like that in the first week or so. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the answer is, once again, your body knows. And if you're not sure that you can keep that consistently in mind and kindly respond to it, then if you possibly can, get a team who can keep reminding you of these realities. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, actually, because that, that's that, it's that mental hunger that sort of is asking you to eat the whole time, even when you don't have any physical hunger. And the best thing about actually responding to that, that mental desire to eat is that when your body weight comes up and you come into energy balance, that goes away because the body doesn't need to prompt you to eat the whole time. So you naturally fall into eating to your metabolism and to your, your, your needs. So I think that's one of the most incredible things I learned, that that constant thinking about food all the time goes away when your body doesn't and your brain doesn't need you to think about food the whole time. Who would have thought, hey? Yeah, hey, you know, that cave person brain that puts those persistent images of food, thinking about it, wondering about it, planning for it, planning not for it, it goes away once you're meeting your needs. And I just stand in awe at the beauty of our bodies and how magically, through science, they just keep working in the right ways. Yeah, they really do sort it all out. And, uh, you know, I, I know that sort of the, the trust the process is often said, but I just trust the body. It's got this. It's got you. When you were three years old, you didn't start worrying about, well, how's my body going to grow in height? Is it going to work this out? Do I need to intervene? <laughs> you know, like, leave it alone. That's such a great point. And, you know, trusting our body doesn't necessarily mean if you've been restricting for a long time, trust the somatic symptoms your body's giving you. And it's important to reinforce the first, depending on who you are, week to two months of learning how to re-nourish your body can be very uncomfortable. Your belly can get really uncomfortable and it can give you all the signals of too much, too fast, can't do it. That's because of how sick your body got. And so you don't, you trust that your body is going to do what it needs to do on a sort of biochemical molecular level. You get a good doctor to tenderly help you get as many of the hurdles out of the way as you can physically while you're going through it. But you don't expect your body to kind of give you all the right messages that make it easy and intuitive until you're closer to the recovered place.
Thank you to Dr. Gaudiani for coming on and talking to me about that. I hope that was interesting for those of you who are listening. I'm going to get Dr. Gaudiani to come back on a regular basis. So if you have any questions for her, then you can email me with those. Um, you can get me at info at tabithafarrar.com or you can tweet at me. My Twitter handle is at love underscore fat underscore. In case you're interested to hear more about where you can get more information on Dr. Gaudiani, then here is Megan to tell you a little bit about that. This is Megan from the Gaudiani Clinic. The Gaudiani Clinic offers expert outpatient medical care for people with eating disorders and also those who have recovered from an eating disorder. Dr. Gaudiani offers primary care and also expert level care for people of all shapes and sizes, all genders. We have telemedicine licenses in many states and are able to do consultations with people both domestically and internationally. For more information about the Gaudiani Clinic, please feel free to visit us at www.gaudianiclinic.com.